In 2018, the Wealth Standard Podcast broke down the year into three seasons, each focusing on a principle from the inspired works of philosopher John Locke, specifically his philosophy on life, liberty, and property. In 2019, we progressed from principle to the ideal environment for building wealth and achieving prosperity. The theme was laissez-faire capitalism. For season two, it continues. The theme is entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship and how you apply the principles and environment to the individual. The guests ranging from economists to entrepreneurs to political influencers, authors, and more will teach you how to take your life to the next level. Now, on to the next episode. Hey everyone, Patrick here. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Well Standard Podcast and our season on entrepreneurship. My guest is none other than the founder of Elance. His name is Beirud Sheth. You guys are going to love this interview. So a few months ago, I interviewed a good friend of mine, Josh Lannon. He is the author, uh, actually co-author with his wife, Lisa, of The Social Capitalist. This is it's a great interview, an incredible idea, and it's awesome to come across companies that really fit this bill. Uh, I believe that you know what has become Upwork, Elance, which was founded by my guest, uh, Beirut Sheth, combined with Odesk, and then they formed uh, Upwork. You know, Upwork has tens of millions of users, thousands of skills, multiple categories as far as you know, value is, is concerned, services are, is concerned. And it's a platform that has really transformed society, uh, starting with the initial user, which is the, the business owner, the entrepreneur, those that can't necessarily afford a graphic designer or, a, or a, an assistant or a virtual assistant or uh, someone to help from a marketing perspective or from you know a design like you know graphic design logos and uh, fonts and icons i mean you name it there's pretty much anything you need is on upwork.com but it enables just so much from the standpoint of an entrepreneur who has an idea that wants that to become a reality but it's also transformed the lives of a lot of uh, individuals starting with the uh, you know the stay at home mom which we're going to talk about on the episode as well as uh, third world third world countries uh Beirut was honored by the Philippines and acknowledging him for Elance and the idea of this platform and how it's created uh, an additional $250 million of GDP to the Philippines. And, and it's doing so in other countries that are emerging and, and becoming present in this you know, connected world that we're in. You guys are gonna love this interview because uh, Beirut is, is clearly an incredibly intelligent individual and is passionate about you know disruption, is passionate about technology that's going to make a difference. And uh, as I mentioned, from a social capitalism standpoint, he totally fits the bill. So does uh, the company of Upwork. So I uh, can't wait for you guys uh, to experience this podcast. And uh, for you know, links to what he's up to now, uh, also you know, links to some of the things we mentioned on the uh, episode, go ahead over to thewellstandard.com. All right, now to my interview with Beirud Sheth, founder of Elance. So Beirut, it's awesome to have you on. And, you know, I first heard of Elance, it's probably been 10 years now, but I was working out at my gym and there was a, a married couple that came in and they're, you know, from the United States and it, they were talking about how they've lived around the world. They lived in Australia, they lived in uh, Paris and they were in Salt Lake to go skiing for the winter and then were uh, going to take off to the country of Georgia to work. 
and this was you know about 10 years ago and i was like what do you do and they said uh, you know one was like a, a marketer the other was a technical writer and they basically work on elance and i had never heard of elance uh, before then and since then you know i've used it it's made a huge difference in in my business and it, you know I, I look at the impact it's made on other businesses as well and it's it's just fascinating to see something like your you know the business that you help create makes such a difference in in the world so would you you know, mind talking to us about your experience just you know creating elance the genesis of it and uh, you know just that the overall experience of seeing it take off and impact the world sure i mean yeah it's really uh, i mean i'm i'm just impressed you know gratified excited about how far you know a little idea sort of in my head and in my co-founders heads i mean how far that idea grew and became a business and now, you know, just impacting uh, millions of lives. So, yeah, I think this was, uh, you know, this was in the late 90s where the internet was just coming about, right? In the mid 90s where the commercialization of the internet began, uh, you started seeing eBay and Amazon uh, taking off. And around that time, I was actually working on uh, Wall Street. I just finished my computer science at MIT, uh, grad school at MIT, and then I was, I was working there. And a lot of these influences, sort of my personal life experience kind of uh, melded sort of three different and distinct influences, right? One was the fact that coming, I mean, I'm originally from India. So coming from India, you know that there's a lot of smart people, talented people all over the world, right? So, so I think that was one element. The second element was as a, as a computer science student and as an early adopter of the internet, you knew that the power of of connecting uh, people, uh, you know, of reduce, uh, making distance irrelevant was the second key influence. And the third thing was, as a, you know, having worked on Wall Street, I realized that you can create these, uh, these marketplaces even for seemingly illiquid uh, securities, right? And when you take those three things, I mean, what we ended up with uh, sort of was this, this construct of an online freelance marketplace and, you know, it was in the beginning, it was really hard, right? I mean, like what kind of services and how do you build trust and how do you minimize fraud and having reputation and profiles? How do you even compete, right? Because services are very illiquid. They're very uh, unique and customized. And how do you compare and contrast different things and so on? So I think there was a lot of, you know, trial and error and iteration and sort of, as they call it, product market fit that we had to explore and, and figure out. But yeah, I mean, we, we persevered through, you know, a lot of things. And then, of course, there's the whole, the business angle of it, right? Fundraising, recruiting, uh, you know, competing, PR and marketing and customer acquisition and, and so on and so forth. So I can, I mean, there's lots of, lots of stories to share. But, you know, I think we started on a good track. And then uh, oh, another big thing was surviving the financial crisis of 2001 and then 2008 and so on. So I think, you know, it was a long story short, but I think today, the core thesis is still valid, right? The fact that people who want to get work done can, you know, put their request up there somewhere and anyone anywhere in the world can say, okay, I'll do it for a good rate. And they, they connect, do the transaction, do it successfully for the most part and so on. And I think it's sort of, you know, and, and not just that, right? And like when we were starting in the late 90s, um, the only thing you could do was sort of uh, remote work because it was, it was only after the rise of the smartphone that you could actually capture location, which means now you could even do local freelancing, right? So, so you could argue even you know Uber and DoorDash and Instacart and a lot of these services are sort of direct descendants of the same idea, but applied in a in a different technology environment and so on. So the gig economy has sort of gone on to be much more than just what Elance or Upwork does now. 
it's also it's much broader than that. So as you as you look back, you know, wh- what would you consider the milestone that took place where you were like, wow, this is going to be big. Like this is going to connect the world. Is because obviously, you know, most entrepreneurs look back and you know the the idea and seeing that come to fruition, you know, is is really cool to just think back and experience on. Obviously, the in between, <laughs> most entrepreneurs are would want to go back and relive some of those moments, especially two financial crises. Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, but you looking back, like, what was that moment where you where you were like you or your partners were like, wow, this is big. So uh, I guess maybe a, a couple of incremental moments, right? So, I mean, of course, you know, we, we did a lot of research. We had a lot of ideas, put it all on PowerPoint, but it's not real until, you know, you, you sort of have the first customer experience, right? So I think before we even officially launched the site, we created like an internal prototype and we said, you know, we have to, let's test it. Let's just try it with some people. So we literally kind of uh, asked, maybe begged a few friends, you know, to, to put some projects in there saying, hey, do you have some work that you need to get done? And, you know, you don't, for it to be a realistic test, you don't want to influence it too much. So we didn't want to tell them what it was or, or what it is. We just really wanted to be as authentic as possible. So we asked a few friends, you know, we were in New York at this time, we asked a few friends to sort of put some requests in the marketplace. And then on the supply side, you know, actually, well, I come from uh, IIT, which is sort of one of the top engineering institutes in in India. So we just asked like, you know, a, a few students, I mean, they were summer, it was the summer, so they were doing their summer internships and so on. We said, look, can you just sign up as service providers and, you know, you're going to see some projects and you, you pick on what you want to work on, you do it, you deliver it, and you'll get paid for it. And that was it, right? And you kind of, you, you want to leave it there and have it take off by itself. And, uh, you know, so we had maybe, I don't know, 10 or 20 projects put up there and we had maybe a dozen students. And literally two to four weeks later, right, we sort of hear back from uh, some of the students or even the professors saying, what are you guys doing? Because all these guys are giving up their internships to work on these projects because (laughs) they're excited, they're loving it, they're making money. And similarly, on this side, you know, on on the buyer side, if you will, you had people saying, you know, this is great work. I mean, you know, it was hard to find talent in New York. And here, these guys are getting it done in a week or two. Uh, for a lot lower, and it's really good quality work. And it just, uh, then you know, okay, it's real, right? Because it wasn't stage managed. It wasn't, it's not like we told these people to do it, but there is a natural need. And when you uncover that, you know, this goes deep. You know that, you know, there's there's thousands of more people, maybe millions more people like that. And I think that was the big aha. And then, of course, once we got funding and so on, we also, you know, we scaled it up. And after that, there was a series of milestones, you know, maybe the first quarter where we did a million dollars worth of uh, spend going through the site. I think that was a big one. But thereafter, it's just been steady growth. I mean, you know, sort of cumulative compounded growth over 20 years <laughs> leads to big numbers now. It does what, what is it, about a 2 billion plus in uh, service transactions on Upwork. But you have, yeah, I was looking at some stats recently and you have, you know, there's 16 million, you know, active users. 5,000 skills is mm-hmm. one of the other statistics that made me think back on an experience I had at Dreamforce where you're out in San Francisco and talking to somebody and having no idea what they were talking about. Even though they were speaking English, I had no idea what their business was because it was just completely you know, foreign to me. And that's my, that was my experience going in and looking at some of the skills that are associated with you know, some of the freelance uh, jobs and requests on, on Upwork. But it goes to show you that 5,000 skills just is 
you know, it, it's an incredible way, right, for a business or for a startup or for just an, an idea that somebody has to really flush it out in a inexpensive way, right. uh, you know, to test. I mean, you obviously went through prototype stage. I mean, people have ideas and it's the cliche of, you know, ideas are worthless without execution. But this is a way in which you can make it, you know, very easy to test and prototype something to see if there is really legs underneath it. So I think it's just profound. And, and like you said, it continues as uh, technology grows and evolves. So do, you know, the need for different types of skills and positions. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, in fact, the thing that surprises me is it should, in fact, be a few more skills, right? So some of the categories that did not work out as well as we expected, you know, let's say business consulting or even legal or accounting and so on, these tend to be a little more business, uh, you know, People are concerned about security and privacy of data and who they are sharing with and so on. So it's still, and, and by the way, a lot of these are solved problems technically, right? But it's really just this mental block around sharing this in the cloud and so on. So I think there are, there are still you know, a lot more categories it can expand to, but certainly on the technical side, the design side, a lot of the creative skills, I mean, you know, I, I think that, that process has been nailed. And the fact that you have portfolios and profiles and feedback and reputation and so on uh, makes it a lot easier to be able to do these services. You know, at, at this point now, I mean, it, you just have to be crazy to, to not use this because anything else would be just far more complex, far more complicated. Yeah. You know, I would say you have an extremely unique perspective on work. And you had mentioned one of the you know, buzzwords that's out there right now, the gig, you know, the gig economy. Like how, how how do you view you know the the future of the economy the future of work because even though upwork is is known by many it's still a very unknown platform and just continues you know the whole idea behind freelancing and contracting continues to to uh, evolve and be more familiar to businesses as an outlet as opposed to the the typical traditional hiring someone to perform a a job how do you look at the economy? How do you look at the future of the economy and the future of work and business? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, I, I agree. We've barely uh, scratched the surface, you know, uh, long as we've come uh, over the last 20 years. So I think this is, you know, as they say, with, with these big technology changes, we tend to sort of overestimate the short term and underestimate the long term. And there's no question about that, that, you know, this is happening slowly. It's percolating through the uh, economy until you know, one fine day, just sort of you hit an inflection point and suddenly everyone is doing it this way, right? So for example, in the earlier days, we started with smaller businesses that were willing to, you know, they were more desperate, they had a resource crunch, they were, uh, you know, um, they had tight budgets. So they were the earliest adopters of the platform and then they loved it and loved it in scale and would repeat, use it repeatedly. But more recently, you've started seeing large enterprises, right? Really, really big brands consumer goods companies and so on, right? They are in maybe a hundred countries and they need to design packaging and brochures and collateral and and so on, copywriting and things like that, or even technical stuff, right? So creating websites in different languages and different countries and so on. So I think uh, you're starting to see uh, more and more enterprises. And in fact, the, the platforms are also evolving. For example, large companies want to have, you know, pre-approved uh, group of freelancers, right? They don't want um, just anyone using it. And they've been pre-approved, pre-certified, pre-verified, whatever it is. So you're creating these private marketplaces that enable 
these sort of interactions, right? So as as these things happen, so on the employer side, right, there's this greater and greater need to manage the, to have a flexible workforce, right? If you think about uh, what AWS and cloud computing did to our computing and IT spend, right, which is why have dedicated servers on-premise when you can get best. Uh, you, know, uh, you can just get them as needed when needed, and and you can sort of increase and decrease on the fly. Mm-hmm. When you apply the same idea to to human resources, not just your computing resources. You know, it leads to the an upwork like model, right? So, so just like cloud computing is barely about three to four percent of the global IT spend, uh, you see the same thing here, right? I think the upwork model is barely in mean, a very small fraction of the overall. Uh, spend on uh, on workforce, and I think as as people move to these models where uh, you know the, where the platforms are good enough to support enterprise requirements, and businesses are ready for that flexibility, and and it's not just on the business side; it's even people, right? I mean, people would like more. We talk about work life balance, we talk about flexibility, and uh, you know, I think people really value that. And we're going to get into a world where you can literally live anywhere, work anywhere, work anytime. And, you know, we'll have tools doing the match for us, perhaps even in real time, saying, oh, you know, I have family visiting, so I'm going to take it easy for the next few hours or the next couple of days. But then, you know, I want to catch up on my work. So so it, it just, you know, I, I think there's so much potential to make uh, more, to enable more productive lives uh, for everyone and more, you know, a, a better economic life, but even a more personal balanced life as well. You know, it's interesting. There is, this was, this is going to really, you know, not necessarily in the United States, but outside the, the United States. But I was, I was at kind of a, a private dinner a number of years ago with uh, a member of the Cato Institute. And they, they had been instrumental in consulting with one of the, the Eastern European countries that was part of the former Soviet Union. And he talked about how you can create, you know, uh, prosperity in, you know, in a country, in an, in an economy right? Using very free market capitalistic principles, uh, you know, certain monetary constraints. And, you know, I look at that and it's, it's, there's so much work involved and so much of a mindset shift of people to, you know, accelerate prosperity in that type of company or a country. But you look at, you know, what, what I would say Upwork has done and the ecosystem that exists, you know, it's based on, I would say, very similar principles. And, you know, proof is, is that you were, you personally were thanked by the the Philippines Minister of of Science and Technology for you know increasing GDP by about two hundred and fifty million dollars, and so you look at the platform where you have an incentive, okay, that you know someone can get paid, but you also have an incentive to do good work because of you know uh, ratings, and then you have the incentive to increase your skill set, increase your certifications. It, so it's kind of like you built this ecosystem slash economy that is enabled, you know, countries that may not, you know, have the wherewithal from a, you know, a paradigm standpoint to, you know, set up their monetary system and set up their laws and set up, a, you know, their structure in a way that's going to create more prosperity for people. But in essence, you know, you've done that with, with Elance. So how have you, you know, when you've, you know, first talk to the, the Minister of Science and Technology in the Philippines. Like, what, was, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I think, uh, in fact, it's, uh, it's more than the stuff you mentioned, right? In, in that uh, Elance or Upwork is actually solving problems that are not 
possible through any other means. If you're familiar with the geography of Philippines, by the way, it's uh, it's a few thousand islands, islands distributed yeah. all over, right? So it's really, it's just not practical to set up roads and infrastructure and factories and all of these sort of high employment producing activities that the traditional industrial economy has done, right? Uh, so on the other hand, what they discovered, and a lot of it was kind of bottoms up, right? But what they said was people with, with some basic skills in certain areas, and then with Wi-Fi infrastructure, which is a lot easier to set up, could then plug into this global economy, work from home, work from wherever they are, and suddenly you can provide employment to thousands and uh, millions of uh, people around the country. And it's so perfectly well suited for this sort of economic geographic uh, situation. And it didn't, you know, it doesn't take a lot, but the return on investment in terms of the, the employment, what it does for the communities, uh, the fact that people can stay where they are and, and have those communities thrive was just really impressive. So, so I think the, the, you know, I sort of bumped into the minister and once she found out that, you know, I'd, I'd founded Elance, uh, she was uh, super excited saying, this is, it's a complete game changer where they sort of the official, you know, poverty alleviation schemes include training people, skilling them in certain areas, giving them, you know, uh, connecting them to the web and then putting them on work and on, on Elance and Upwork and so on. And it's sort of really, influ- you know, impacted millions of lives. Uh, and of course, the economic value for the country is great too. But even if there are other ways of getting, you know, GDP growth, it's there's actually no other way of, of employing people in far-flung areas where all you have you know, I mean, what do you need for, for Upwork? All you need is an internet connection and of course the skill that you have, yep. but nothing else, right? So from an infrastructure standpoint, it's just just really impressive. But there's also, you know, the, the built-in, because yeah, you're hitting, you're hitting all those principles and then the built-in you know, accountability system, right, right? Where you essentially have checks and balances to ensure that there's good, you know, good work and that a person maintains their reputation in order to get future future work. That's also built in, which I think is a, a vital part, you know, of of an economy. You know, you're right because in many of these countries, sometimes the the currencies are not that stable. Uh, for example, or the trust ecosystems are not stable. But but what happens is the profile or the reputation they've built on Elance or Upwork is suddenly their you know recognition. I mean, it's more important than a college degree from a college that may not be accredited or you know uh, you don't even know if the documents are true or not. But but the work that you've done on Upwork is is validated from people and so on. And similarly, the whole payment infrastructure and, and so on that we set up, right? So it allows people to plug into a global economy instantly, irrespective of the educational infrastructure or the physical infrastructure or the economic and financial infrastructure in the country. And that just, you know, you sort of suddenly leapfrog all of these challenges where uh, previously or without Upwork, I mean, they would, you know, these would be sort of uh, prohibitive. I mean, it, it would just completely preempt any way of getting out of this situation. But now you, you really just connect up and you're a part of the global economy. And that is, you know, it, and the Philippines is one example, you know, and I, and I look at the other, you know, the emerging markets that have just hundreds of millions of, uh, of people that are kind of plugging into the global network of things and trying to find uh, opportunities right and, and it's and really it's fascinating i mean we can go off on out for hours on this but just the whole leapfrog effect 
where, you know, you're right, you have this, you know, a college degree has become more of a, you know, a statement on a resume or a credibility factor. We're now, you know, I would say, especially with with Elance, I'm, I'm not sure a college degree is as important as like the quality of work and the ranking of that work. Uh, and then you look at, you know, just others that are, you know, whether it's uh, Africa or India or, or parts of China, the Philippines, the I mean, there's there's so many different emerging markets that are getting plugged into, you know, the infrastructure of the of the internet, and then have a platform in which they can be, you know, incentivized to learn a skill and to do good work and to feed their family and, and evolve. Whereas, like the United States, I would say, in a sense, you know, it's kind of falling behind. Right? People are not doing that. They're preparing for retirement, or they're, you know, betting on their resume and their or their degree and their resume to you know continue to do the to do the trick. So it's interesting just to see kind of how the the global economy is evolving in a, in a in a, a certain way, oftentimes faster than the U.S. than the U.S. economy in a sense. Yeah, I think you know uh, maybe we are spoiled for choices in the U.S. Right? I mean, obviously the economic gro- growth is strong, employment is, is strong uh, right now, and and you know has been for the last 50, 70 years. Mm. So I think people expect or get used to it right uh, but but i think uh, certainly in the rest of the world this is the only way out of sometimes of their situation and so on so it has far greater impact but i think even within the us now you're starting to see more and more of this it may be uh, regional right you may be in the midwest but now you can work on the coast right east coast to west coast uh, so suddenly it gives you that flexibility you can stay in the community that you love in the neighborhoods that you like and still be able to do high quality work where the economic activity is uh, and so on. And, and you know, Upwork now has gone on to add features where you can find local freelancers, somebody in the neighborhood, right? Because even if the work can be done remotely, you might just want to meet them face-to-face, maybe in the beginning or at the end uh, and so on, or, uh, you know, whatever be the reason or, or some particular skill set or language uh, capability and so on. So I think, or, or just time zone, right? You might want to be, want them to be in the same time zone. So, so you're starting to see these sort of local ecosystems emerging and, and so on. And I think, you know, the, I mean, the great thing about, um, uh, about the U.S. is it's sort of very dynamic. So even if not everybody is doing it, the ones who do, the early adopters will reap the benefits. And, um, you know, and you're seeing a lot of people do that. Uh, I mean, another category, for example, that uh, really loved Elance and Upwork right from the earliest days was was professional women that, you know, when they choose to have uh, kids, for example, or when the kids are young and they want to uh, spend enough time with them, but are still exceptionally skilled, uh, have the desire and the ability to do good work, uh, but your traditional nine to five job with the daily commute, it just wasn't amenable to sort of those work-life choices. But again, you know, Upwork or Elance provided that, that option and they were sort of our biggest fans from day one. Right. So, so you'd have these, in a way, extremely talented, uh, you know, people that just wanted a little bit of flexibility that's not available in, in, in traditional work. So I, I think it just opens up a lot of possibilities, a lot of markets um, in the U.S., but also worldwide. Well, I'll, I'll end with this. And I would love for you to share with listeners about what you're working on now, how they can follow you, keep up with with your work. But. You know, I, I had a, a guest on earlier this year who's become a great friend of mine. He wrote a book called the uh, the social the social capitalist, and you know, and he talked about a lot of the social issues, not just in the United States, but uh, you know, world worldwide. And and I, and I thought of Upwork as being very social, 
not that this was your intention. I think this is, you know, whether it was your intention or not, it's become that, but it's one of those ways in which it can, you know, socially benefit Philippines as one of them uh, by using capitalistic principles. And, and I find it fascinating that, you know, the examples you're using of, of women that have skill sets that have chosen to, you know, a certain lifestyle that's not conducive to, you know, a nine, a nine to five, but you're also finding, you know, retirees uh, or those pre-retirees, those that are on the verge of retirement that are, are short, they're short assets, they're short, you know, social security, and they can't maintain their lifestyle. This gives an option for them to maintain their lifestyle, but continue to, you know, operate in their uh, respective skill set. And so I look at the social good uh, and, you know, using kind of a platform that includes very, you know, economically friendly principles and, uh, and the difference that it's made and, 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 uh, and will make. No, I, I, I totally believe that. And in fact, you know, I've always felt that some of the best social good comes out from, from companies that may not be explicitly social, but are viable, are sustainable, have an inherent business model, which means they can keep doing that good without having to wait for, you know, charitable donations and things like that, right? So I think that was, you know, right from day one, that's always been the focus. I mean, we were very conscious of the impact it can have to, you know, to lives around the world and by plugging them into this global economy. But if you just did that without building a successful, viable, self-sustaining model that can continue to grow and drive economic benefit, even on the other side, you know, then it just, then, then you're always dependent on this constant flow of flow of donations. And so, so I think that's the most exciting thing here. And I think if you look at uh, the, the impact that Elance and then Upwork has had, it's probably more than lots and lots of other charities put together, right? Because it's, it's a provided direct economic livelihood to tens of millions of people uh, over the years, and we've only just begun, right? So I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's the most gratifying thing that uh, you know. Uh, and and it's funny, I sort of travel a lot internationally sometimes, and I'll. You know, uh, when people discover I sort of founded Elans, they'll be like, hey, I've been using Elans. I mean, I hear these stories all the time in different parts of the world where, you know, we were just one or two guys when we started out. But because of Elans, now we built a business and we have, we employ a hundred other people and they've just grown over the years. And it just, and it's a very common thing. I mean, people, uh, a lot of people, even in business settings will say, hey, I was, you know, uh, in fact, a journalist had mentioned that I was working on a job that I didn't like, but I wanted to try journalism and experiment with it. And sort of Elance provided that opportunity to try it on part time before it became full time and so on. So whether it's, you know, whether you want like this work life balance, um, like working moms, as I was talking about, or whether you are sort of geographically far flung areas and you want to plug into the global economy or you're looking for career change. I mean, everybody wants flex- flexibility, right? Because our interests change, our capabilities change, and so on. And a, a, a system like this provides that. So it provides goodness in a, in a lot of ways, right? Not just the economic aspect, but even in so, sort of work satisfaction, life satisfaction, even in the US where you'd argue the economy is strong, but oftentimes people are stressed or unhappy in other ways. And this this just allows you to reorient uh, or rebalance uh, what we're doing. So I think the, the impact is far reaching and, and we are a long way from being done yet. You know, I think it's going to continue to uh, have greater and greater impact over the years. Well, it's an incredible platform. And I, you know, I, I totally agree. It's, it's one of those, like, there, there'll be a tipping point. It's, I think it's, it's seen multiple tipping points, but I think like from a big, big, big tipping point, 
you know, it's, it's yet, uh, it's yet, yet to happen. Why don't we? Why don't you talk a little bit about what you're working on now, and then maybe some ways in which listeners can can follow follow you, learn about you, and and uh, you know just continue to learn from you. Sure. So um, after I left my operating role at Elance, I founded another company called Gupshup, which is where I'm still focused on. And Gupshup is a is a Hindi word which means uh, chit chat. And it's it's an appropriate name for a company that's focused on messaging and chat. Uh, we are a, we are a platform that enables enterprises to to send messages and have conversations. We are a really you know scale company. We have tens of thousands of enterprises. We send messages hundreds of millions of customers, and and these amount to billions of messages. So we are innovating um, again another one of these services that touches you know hundreds of millions of lives and so on. So I think um, we're driving some innovation. In terms of enabling uh, IP messaging from SM, traditional SMS messaging, also enabling chatbots, conversational agents, and so on. So this, I mean, that's a whole different conversation, maybe for another <laughs> call. For sure. Yeah. Communic of anything that is that is changing rapidly, it's the methods of communication. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know I've always been drawn to or excited by ideas that can that that, that really far reaching that can touch uh, lots and lots of people. So anyway, I am at uh, my Twitter handle is just my first name. That's at uh, Berud B E E R U D. LinkedIn again, you know, uh, a fringe benefit of an unusual name like mine is that it sort of works in almost any namespace. So you know. <laughs> find on LinkedIn. Gupshop.io is my current website. And yeah, I would love to engage with anybody who wants to reach out. We'll make sure we put all those, the links and so forth in, uh, in, in show notes and also kind of in the, in the video. Uh, we'll put a link in there as well. But, but Beirut, thank you so much for being on today. This has been awesome. We'll definitely have to do a conversation about Gupshop because that's something that I've thought extensively about which is people don't answer the phone anymore, right? Exactly. They have, you know, email, they have text, they have messaging. I think communication, right, is definitely evolving and, and probably hasn't necessarily evolved to the point where there's kind of a centralized way in which people are communicating, but I believe it's going to whatever that point that point is. So we'll definitely have to talk again. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to love to do that. All right, Beirut, thank you again so much. It's been an awesome, awesome conversation. Thank you for what you continue to do to take your ideas and bring them to, uh, to fruition. And we'll have you back on sometime. Thank you so much for having me. Enjoy talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Oh.